0: Hello everyone, this is Myra with Halifole's Everyday Ayurveda and Yoga podcast. We're in full swing with spring here. It's such a joy to see the flowers on the magnolia trees, azaleas, daffodils, and the deciduous trees popping out new leaves. One of the many incredible things about the Northland of New Zealand is the combination of tropicals and deciduous plants. It's green and beautiful all year round, And it has the change of seasons as well. I've been talking about the yamas and niyamas this year. They certainly are a profound guide for living. Ahimsa, or nonviolence, is at the root of it. We all like to think of ourselves as kind, considerate, and respectful. But if we get distracted on the outside and drift off track or forget what is most important to us, then we may not be living ahimsa. We need reminders on a regular basis and tools to support us to keep going and to keep growing. And that brings us to tapas, the third of the niyamas. The word tapas literally means heat, the heat that burns up the impurities that get in the way of our being our true self. It's the tapas created by the practices or the disciplines of yoga and Ayurveda that keep us going in our best direction in life. And in this context, I define discipline as training that brings us to know ourselves so that we can respond to life with grace, even in difficult situations. The tapas, then, are the disciplines that purify the body, mind, and soul to be better able to know our true self and to live from there tapas burns up the rajasic and tamasic stuff that distracts us and holds us down. Then the presence of sattva, or balance and harmony, can come forth so that we're able to see everyone and everything as love. What is it then that makes it difficult to stay on our own path or to firmly orient ourselves in life and respond well to difficult situations. Fear and rebellion are a couple of possibilities. When we find ourselves in a place of not knowing, we can become fearful, or we can become curious. If we're disconnected from our inner world, our higher self, which is our foundation, then the fear can take over instead of just passing by. Without a foundation in life, we tend to react from a place of fear. We often rebel against things that anger us or cause us frustration. Perhaps we're living in avidya or ignorance. We think we're rebelling against outer structures, but really we're rebelling against our own life. Without meditation or other practices that ask us to get quiet, and come to know ourselves inside, we operate very much on the surface of life. And then it's easy to feel discontent, to look for distractions, and focus on shifting external pieces around in life in order to soothe ourselves. Now we can easily find ourselves out of control and behaving in ways that are tamasic, meaning doing things that bring darkness, and the doshas become aggravated, causing further discomfort and disease. Living in this way comes down to not knowing ourselves. Either we're doing what we think we're supposed to do, in other words, following someone else's path, or we're resisting what we think we're supposed to do. Neither of them make us happy. But if we step back from this behavior and take time to be still and go inside, we begin to see what's really going on in our mind, and perhaps the extent of the dosha imbalance. We can stop reacting to life and start responding in life, stepping into life. We can cultivate the understanding that we can actually create the life we desire in our hearts. Tapas is what we require to move from fear to love, from rebellion to contentment, or santosha. The purpose of tapas is to increase the light of our consciousness, or sattva. The tapas ought to have primarily sattvic and some amount of rajasic qualities, meaning they'll bring balance and harmony to the body, mind, and soul, through actions of a beneficial nature. They should also bring balance to the doshas and support agni, our digestive fire. Tapas may feel challenging at times, in that they disturb the status quo inside of us. As the days go by and we age, it's easy for some of us to get comfortable in one spot and start to pull the shades down around us. Oh, I think I'll just hang out right here for the duration of my life. But we get bored and then become rigid and discontented with it. Or we might say, I'll skip my practices today because I want to be flexible in my life. This is a sign of tamas creeping in. Tamas being the darkness. It tends to pull us down. Tapas helps us to step out into life, to keep the shades open, to challenge our internal comfort zones, so that we can grow and discover more of our true selves. Life expands and becomes much more interesting. One of the main points that makes tapas effective is commitment. Commitment can be defined as a firm decision to do something, or a willingness to give time and energy to something that's believed in. Sounds like we need commitment for tapas to be useful, yeah? I feel so, and that is my experience. With commitment we begin to build a foundation of bedrock from which we can live. Sometimes we need to make adjustments, but keeping the practices in place will fortify our foundation for living. Meditation with mudras, mantra, pranayama, and or asana, even in the smallest amounts, will keep us pointed in our best direction. Practicing first thing in the morning is best, but it's still helpful at other times of day. Create a shorter practice for the morning with commitment. Even five minutes is helpful, and it'll help keep us going. When the morning isn't possible for some reason, practicing at night can be okay. The important thing is to practice a little bit each day. The human mind and body respond well to consistency. But be aware of falling into habit with your practice. When we practice habitually, we tend to go unconscious, mindlessly going through the motions. And this is not going to bring the desired results. It's when we're fully present that we gain the desired results from doing the practices. So the quality of it is more important than the quantity of it. Consistency and being fully present brings balance and it brings containment to vata dosha and keeps the prana flowing so that it helps to keep pitta and kapha balanced. I found pranayama Practiced in a sattvic manner on a regular basis to be the most powerful of the practices. I start most people with conscious breathing. And then, when they're ready for at least the first three months, I give them a set of practices called the Four Purifications Nadi Shodhana, Kapalabhati, Agni Sauer, and Ashvini Mudra. And depending on the individual's imbalances, their needs, and desires, We may add a couple of other practices as well. This approach allows for the introduction of retaining or stopping the breath, what's called kumbhaka. Or it's also referred to as puraka, which is holding inhale, and richaka, holding exhale. And you might also see them referred to as antara and baya pranayama retention of the breath is very good for reducing fear and chatter or the fritties in the mind and allows the mind to realize that it's not going to die and this creates expansion it provides purification of the body and the mind it provides space for some tosha or contentment and the light of our spirit to shine through it must be practice consciously and properly, and excessive pushing will bring harm. It's said by many that pranayama practice consistently promotes psychic change and a mastery of prana, the flow of the life force, beyond just the breath. With these changes, it slows the aging process. Again, Pushing or forcing in the practices will not bring the desired results. It will cause imbalance in the doshas and many problems. I personally approach pranayama as an exploration on a daily basis that continually requires listening to and honoring the body and a surrender or a letting go of self-will. And this brings great results. The body will tell you when it's compromised because your breathing will change notably. So we need to be sure and honor this. Perhaps on that day, there might be a day not to do retentions or to reduce the practice. But there's always something that can be done. You shouldn't practice pranayama if you're sick. Over time, the practices continue to grow, and and so does the practitioner. It's also important to work with an experienced teacher who will give you a specific practice tailored to your condition. It may need to be adjusted for the seasonal changes, and when your personal condition demonstrates a need for change. When the practice starts to feel too easy or that you can review your to-do list while you're doing the practice, then the challenge needs to be increased. It's best to work with your teacher regularly to update and enhance the practices for you. Checking in at least twice a year is best. The practice should be challenging, but not stressful. How would you know this? by the quality of the breath. It should be smooth while the heart rate remains the same. Pranayama practices are one of the very best ways to work with the mind, body, and spirit to come into harmony and so that you can move through the bumps of life most easily. It's worth noting that pranayama practiced irregularly can actually be detrimental. It can lead to avijja, the illusion that we're actually benefiting ourselves by practicing here and there. It can also aggravate the doshas, as it may not be appropriate for an individual at a particular time. Tapas, or self-discipline, takes us out of avidya, ignorance, and illusion. Let your tapas be your foundation, a supportive friend in action, Remember that the practices are tools for expanded living. With commitment, you'll open up to be more of yourself each day. Thanks for listening in. If you have five minutes, check out my new podcast called Spark Your Intuition. It's a series of intuitive meditation podcasts for daily life. It'll support you to explore your prana, which is your energy, and how it runs. Each meditation will offer you simple tools to know your mind, body, and spirit, your energy body, and how they all work together. As a reminder, we offer in-depth practical training in Ayurveda and yoga. Coming up in 2020, we're offering a 200-hour yoga teacher training here in New Zealand. Our yoga teacher training takes a holistic approach. It extends well beyond learning postures to encompass the whole of yoga and Ayurveda. It will guide you to discover more about who you truly are. If you'd like to join us, please visit That's halepule.com. That's H-A-L-E-P-U-L-E dot com to learn more. Join Simple Ayurvedic Cooking with Halepule. Pule. Their recipes are easy, delicious, and will leave you feeling energized. And the link to join is in our show notes.